You're listening to the Goodbye July podcast, episode number two. Today, I am beyond excited to share one of the biggest secrets we've been keeping. If you follow along on social media, it's no surprise that we love El Salvador. But our big news is that we are going all in. So we bought a house and we are moving to El Salvador. This is the first of a two-part miniseries, and on today's show, I'll be sharing the backstory of what took us to El Salvador in the first place, why we want to move there, and the details of our crazy first trip. Hey, my name is Jessica Tolar, and I'm obsessed with all things passive income, productivity, entrepreneurship, and building a life where you make the rules. I'm a normal girl who took a free money class, asked a corporate executive how she retired early, and used that knowledge to build a seven-figure net worth, quit my nine-to-five, and now run an online business from countries around the world. I teach you the simple but effective secrets to building a life you adore. Think I'm special? No way. If I did it, so can you. Money, mindset, life hacks, hardship, growth, and planning are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as a weekly coffee date with a close girlfriend where you talk about the finance and business knowledge it'll take to make your dreams a reality. So take a seat, get comfortable, and prepare to be challenged and cheered on while you learn. This is the Goodbye July Podcast. This episode of the Goodbye July Podcast is sponsored by PeerGrade Supplements. PeerGrade is the all-natural supplement line that I use to get clear-minded, stay energized, feel great, and make every day as effective and efficient as possible. PureGrade is offering 10% off exclusively for Goodbye July listeners. Just go to puregradesupplements.com and use the code GOODBYEJULY at checkout to get started and get your mind and body back today. Holy wow. I cannot believe today is the day that I finally get to share with you our big plans for the coming year. And before I jump into the details of the who, what, when, where, and why, I just want to start today with a little story to set the scene. And it's the story of our very first trip to El Salvador. So let's roll it back to a little over a year ago. I've just put in my two weeks at my corporate tech job and we're headed to Florida for the Bitcoin Miami conference. So this story actually starts on the U.S. East Coast. And on the final day of the conference, we're standing outside in the wet Florida heat when all of a sudden we heard cheering. Not just applause, but like actual true excited cheering. We look around and people are out of their seats giving a standing ovation to a man named Jack Maulers. Jack is the eccentric CEO of Strike, which is a mobile payment app that lets you send money across borders cheaper than the usual wire transactions because it uses Bitcoin. We shoulder our way through the crowd so we can hear what's going on, and that's when we see not only Jack Mahler's literally crying happy tears, but we see a banner flashing across the screen that Jack had worked with the president of El Salvador to officially make El Salvador the first country in the world to recognize Bitcoin as a legal tender. Recognizing Bitcoin as a legal tender, as in recognizing Bitcoin as a payment method in the same way we recognize U.S. dollars as a payment method here in the States, is a super big deal, not only for the cryptocurrency movement, but also for people in countries like El Salvador, where 70% of the population does not have access to a bank account, and where oftentimes they have family members who work in the U.S. who send money back home internationally to El Salvador. Bitcoin helps both these groups of people, but I'll save the specifics of Bitcoin for another day. 
The point is, this was and is exciting, world-changing news. And to be honest, before this moment, I'm not even sure I'd ever even heard of El Salvador, and I definitely couldn't point it out to you on a map. In case you're wondering, it's this teeny tiny little country in Central America, just two countries south of Mexico on the Pacific side. So that was in June. By July, we'd bought tickets, and one week after my birthday in August, we were on a flight headed for the capital city of San Salvador. Now, this is where things get interesting because this trip was not all sunshine and rainbows, okay? Like, just getting on the flight was a huge accomplishment. Mentally, it was a challenge making this first trip because all we'd ever heard about El Salvador was that, for a time, it was the murder capital of the world and the infamous MS-13 gang is there. But agreeing that we wouldn't go out at night and we'd stay away from the city where most of the gang activity happened, we decided that we wanted to see for ourselves what it was like in a country that was about to pass Bitcoin law. Not only was it a mental challenge getting on that flight, but it was also a physical challenge because at the time we had to have negative COVID tests issued within 48 hours of boarding. Our negative results came back literally two hours outside that window and the airline simply would not accept them. So we actually had to rebook our flight for the next day. And after $1,000 in change fees, we had our second round of negative COVID tests within the allotted 48 hour window and we were finally ready to go. The way we'd originally planned it, we would have landed during the day with plenty of time to drive the 45 minutes in the daylight to our Airbnb, but this new flight landed at night. So we get off the plane, we get a rental car, and we set off into the darkness, which is something that we promised we wouldn't do. We didn't realize it at the time, but August is actually rainy season in El Salvador, and it typically thunderstorms every night, but we actually got super lucky and didn't have rain during our drive. But what we did have to do was dodge all the stray dogs that filled the streets, which was a crazy experience and something we were not expecting. Another thing we didn't realize is that there really isn't such a thing as street addresses in the little beach towns where we were going. So after almost walking into a stranger's home by accident, we finally found the correct house that was indeed the Airbnb we had booked. Despite a little mold in the bathroom, which we decided we could live with, it was a welcoming place to walk into after such a wild night. The next morning, we woke up in the beautiful tropics and wandered down to the beach where we met the most precious old man who was selling beach jewelry made from seashells. The fact that we didn't speak the same language did not stop him from sitting down and enjoying a cup of coffee and then a beer with us. And before he left, this sweet soul gave me three pearls from the sea. I still carry them on my keychain to this day. It was the perfect introduction into the kind, generous culture that is El Salvador. And that same day, we had another similar experience. We were eating lunch at this beautiful cliffside restaurant where literally every single thing on the menu is $1.39. I mean, everything. Like, from a plate of food to a top-shelf margarita, every single thing was $1.39. It was insane. And now feels like a good time to mention that in addition to Bitcoin, the other legal tender in El Salvador is actually U.S. dollars, which makes it even more convenient for Americans to travel there. So after the sticker shock wore off, a Salvadoran man walked up to us and said in English, Hi, welcome. I can see that you're visiting, and I was just wondering what it is that you like about my country. We told him we'd been in town less than 24 hours, but so far it was gorgeous and expensive and the people were friendly. And that's when he invited us to sit down at his table with him and his friend, and he proceeded to buy us several rounds of drinks. We told him about our businesses, our goals, our life. He did the same. 
And then he told us he had someone he wanted us to meet a few beaches down the road at a place called El Palmarcito or Little Palm Tree. I'd had a few rounds of drinks, so I was feeling pretty adventurous. And I told Corey I thought we should follow him. Like, he seemed like a really nice guy. Corey, on the other hand, thought we were about to get kidnapped. (laughs) It didn't take much effort for me to convince him, though, because after all, Corey is typically the more adventurous one in this relationship, and before long, we were following our new friend, whose name is Balmore, to a little beach town and an amazing family that would change our lives. Balmore brought us to a tropical beachfront restaurant called Las Palmeras and introduced us to a kid around our age named Carlos, but Carlos said, you can call me Papo. Papo spoke beautiful English and was clearly well-educated, and it didn't take us long to learn that he could make a fantastic cup of coffee. Papo is an entrepreneur whose family owns, runs, and lives at the Las Palmeras restaurant. He's passionate about coffee and runs a coffee shop out of one of the little front rooms there. We spent the day drinking coffee, swimming, and just getting to know him, and in the late afternoon, after giving Corey his phone number, Balmore took off, and by evening, we did the same, and that's when things went downhill again. Hot and sweaty, we walk back into our Airbnb and turn on the little wall AC unit. If you know Corey, you know he has the nose of a pregnant woman. I mean, the man can smell better than any human I've ever met, so it's no surprise that he smelled it first. The black mold that we'd noticed in the bathroom was not isolated to the bathroom. It was literally all over the inside of the AC unit, and it was blowing into the room. We can let a lot of things slide, but we ultimately decided this was not good for our health, so we worked something out with the owners of the Airbnb, who were great about it, by the way, and they gave us a full refund and even offered to pay us extra for the inconvenience of having to find another place on such short notice. I quickly browsed Airbnb and found a little hostel, so we packed up all our things and drove over in the dark. Yes, driving in the darkness. Again. Once we get there, we realize the place didn't look like the photos online. Like, even to say that the place didn't look like the photos is honestly an understatement. (laughs) They were doing some kind of construction because when we pulled up, there was a mound of dirt in the driveway that was almost taller than the car, so you couldn't really even pull into the property. And then when you tried to get around the mound on foot, it was really difficult. And Corey actually slipped off the ramp and his foot landed in what we could only assume was sewage water. And the final blow was that the room did not have air conditioning. (laughs) And that was a deal breaker for us. Like, I'd love to say I'm hardcore enough to stay in places without AC and I can do it. I mean, I've actually done it before, but did I enjoy it? No, no, I did not. By this time, we're starting to freak out because we're still under the impression that MS-13 is like lurking around every corner waiting to spring out, steal us, and sell our organs. (laughs) It's dark, we have all of our belongings stuffed into this little car, and we don't have a place to sleep. In what was essentially an act of grace from the universe, Corey stumbled across the street, sweating and panicking, into this little gem of a place called Essencia Nativa, which means native essence, that ended up becoming our home base for the rest of that first trip. The matriarch of the family who owns the place welcomed him with open arms, calmed him down by assuring him that yes, she could give us a room with a private bathroom and air conditioning, and she even ordered a pizza for us from their kitchen. And let me just tell you, this place has the best pizza. Whenever we want pizza, we still come here. It's our absolute favorite. So I'm still waiting in the car with all of our luggage, doors locked, and also starting to freak out. 
But once Corey came back to the car and we put our luggage in the little room with the most beautiful handmade woodwork you've ever seen and took a bite of that freaking delicious pizza, it felt like things were finally okay. The rest of the night was mostly calm and relaxed, other than the part where Corey was too heavy for the plastic chair and it literally just gave out beneath him, making a super loud pop sound that the owner lady later told us she thought was a gunshot. We finally go to sleep, only to be woken at the crack of dawn to a man's frantic voice coming out of a megaphone. We open the window as fast as we can, trying to spot what we assumed could only be a very serious emergency. And that's how we learned about the fruit trucks. So yes, every morning, the fruit trucks drive down to every little beach cove carrying the most delicious fruit and veggies and other essentials like toilet paper, literally to your doorstep. And they come along with giant megaphones to announce their presence and what they've got on the truck that day. So what we thought was a life or death emergency was actually just a recorded man's voice shouting things like tomato and watermelon. And honestly, that's been the theme of what's now been our five trips to El Salvador. Every single time we think something scary or bad is happening, it's usually not only not bad, but oftentimes it's something great, like a parade or fireworks or some other kind of celebration. And I just want to reiterate again how kind, loving, and generous the people of El Salvador really are. Everyone acknowledges you. Everyone says hello or smiles or waves. They say, excuse me. They're not pushy about sales. They laugh a lot. They dance a lot. They definitely surf a lot. And they take the time to just treat you like a human being. There was one time when we were eating breakfast at this restaurant and the man who owned the place asked me and Corey if we wanted to see his property Not like he was trying to sell the property and not like we wanted to buy it, but just because he wanted to show us his land because he was proud of it. He essentially shut down the restaurant and walked us all around his beautiful cliffside land overlooking the Pacific. And again, he didn't speak English and we didn't speak Spanish yet, but it didn't matter. We stumbled our way through smiles and nods, oohs and ahs, and a friendly handshake at the end that said it all. Another time we stopped to eat some soup, which El Salvador is well known for, and we were being served right as this other family was leaving. As these total strangers walked past us, they smiled and said, Buen provincio, which means enjoy your meal. And it took us a second to even realize they were speaking to us. The kindness, the community, the acceptance, the curiosity, the slow way of life, the natural beauty, the powerful ocean, and more. All of those things are why we want to move to El Salvador. Being in El Salvador feels like going back in time. Things are slower. A lot of things are done in person, even paying the bills. You don't always know if you're going to have internet, and even the electricity is sometimes spotty. And at first, this may sound terrible. I mean, it's not for everyone. But what I love so much about it is it forces you to just slow down and enjoy the moment. It makes you grateful for the things that you have when you have them, and it makes you resilient, patient, and resourceful when you don't. I've always known that a big goal of mine is to live abroad for a bit. However, if you'd have told me five years ago that I would be moving to El Salvador of all places, I would have first said, where's that? And then I would have told you that you're crazy. But for us, living in a place that's slow-moving and has a very low cost of living relative to Austin, Texas, 
is exactly what we need in our lives right now. In Austin, we still have a mortgage payment, but having a house paid off in El Salvador plus the low cost of food there means we won't have to worry about money essentially at all. And although last year I was able to quit trading time for money by leaving my corporate job and living off our investments full time, we still have to worry about paying the bills, namely the mortgage. So moving to El Salvador and truly being able to forget about needing to produce a certain amount of money is something I'm excited to experience. By clearing out mental space and no longer having to think about money essentially at all, I cannot wait to see what kinds of passion projects we can get done and what new ideas our minds can dream up with all that new cleared out space. So I'd like to ask you this. What kinds of things can you clear out in your own life in order to make space for the big goals you've set for yourself? What can you let go of in order to move forward? Do you feel like you spend too much time on social media? Or maybe it's that one more episode mindset that many of us grapple with at night. Or is it that job you hate? Or even that job you just don't love? Maybe it's reeling in your spending so you don't have to make as much money to cover all your expenses. Or maybe it's reeling in your spending so you can put more money toward getting out of debt or saving for that down payment. Whatever it is, wherever you are, just start where you're at. Dreams are not accomplished overnight. Hitting our biggest goals is a culmination of little daily micro actions that slowly add up over time until suddenly you've done it. It's about patience, persistence, and planning. And it's about taking action on your plans. I hope you'll join me on the next episode where I'll walk through the specifics of exactly how we can afford to move to El Salvador and all the patience, persistence, and planning that went into it because let me assure you, this is not something that happened overnight for us either. But before I go, I want to leave you with a plan of your own. The truth is, most of our big goals are at least in some part tied to our finances. Whether you need money in order to reach your goal itself Or you just need money to cover your bills so you can let go of the mental stress to create space in your mind to start working on your goals. Having a solid financial foundation to stand on is often the very first step of making your dreams a reality. So if you haven't done this yet, I highly encourage you to download and complete my free monthly budget calculator. This single tool will tell you how much money you're bringing in versus how much you're spending. This is the first step in really taking control of your money because this knowledge empowers you to take action. Whether you need to save more money or whether you're bringing in more than you're spending and you need a smart place to put it, this tool tells you exactly how much that difference is and simply knowing that number will inspire you to take action. I've personally used this exact same tool for over 10 years and I often credit it as being the biggest reason I've mastered my money. So if this sounds like something you're interested in, you can access my free budget calculator in the show notes at jessicatolar.com slash 002. But remember, just downloading it isn't going to cut it. You have to download it and you have to complete it. And ideally, you have to complete it every single month. It doesn't take much time, especially after you get it set up that first time. So check out jessicatolar.com slash 002 to get your free budget calculator today. Thank you so much for listening to part one of my two-part mini-series on buying a house and moving to El Salvador. I cannot wait to connect with you next week as I go through exactly how we did it. From where we got the money, to how we decided on and bought the house, 
our plans for once we get there, and some actionable takeaways that you can apply to your own life immediately after listening. Thank you again for tuning in, and until next time, work less, live more, and keep on chasing your wildest dreams. Congratulations on finishing another episode of the Goodbye July podcast. If you want more, head over to jessicatolar.com slash podcast for show notes and any resources mentioned in today's episode. Don't forget to rate the show, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode, and share it with a friend. I believe in a world where we're all financially free, so let's help each other get there. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Goodbye July podcast.